MJF does nothing for me. Anyone that says he's a great deal is fucking delusional and just wants to be accepted in this new age of pro wrestling fans. I hope, honestly, I hope Moxley beats him in 10 seconds. If he doesn't and they let this match go 15 minutes and MJF, who sucks at wrestling, and Moxley's going to have to carry him through this whole match, and oh, it's just going to be bad. Charlotte Flair does not have to be involved in the first of everything or the major angle of everything involving the women in your company. Now you expect me to believe that she's going to win the Royal Rumble and go down to NXT and what, help make Rhea Ripley a star? She's probably going to end up beating Rhea Ripley and going down to NXT and I don't want to say ruin a perfectly good women's division, but kind of hold things up down there. She was forced into the main event of last year's WrestleMania. She's involved in the first of everything when it comes to the women. Give it a rest for a little bit. And sure enough, Oldberg wins the Universal title. And I'm like, I can't believe they actually did this stupid mistake again. We don't need a 53-year-old man with a barbed wire tattoo who was revelant about 20-something years ago in a title match at the biggest pay-per-view of the year. I'm getting tired of part-timers walking into WrestleMania with the title. The Rock a couple years ago. Lesnar seems to be doing it every year where he walks in with the title and drops it. Why can't we have two full-time guys wrestle for the fucking title? I mean, how hard is that? Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C., joined today by both my co-host, Cam, and the chair, and Stephen Vincent. And we are here to preview AEW All Out taking place this Sunday. 14 matches because they decided to add, like, four more this past weekend on Dynamite because they want us to try to... To fight to stay up till the end of the pay-per-view uh, come, you know, midnight, which I really haven't been able to do the last couple. I pulled, The last one I did barely, the one before that, I fell asleep, like, in the third match. But, so that's what we got, 14 matches. So, obviously, like we do, like we did with Clash of the Castle this past week when we previewed it, we'll get into it match by match. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, we kind of talked about this over the last few weeks. The build-up to the show is not the strongest it's been. It might be the weakest build-up, and I've got a lot to say, especially when it comes to the Punk Moxley stuff towards when we get to that match. But, I mean, we just see like, half of these matches are thrown together. Some of them don't even get TV time. It's like, like... Come on, like you got to do a little bit of a better job here with some of these matches, but it seems like a lot of this has just been thrown together in recent days and you know weeks. But I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm free. It's Labor Day weekend, and it's like, but this is definitely, at least to me, the weakest build. No matter how much I like some of these guys in these matches, the weakest build for an AEW show, I think, in quite some time. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? Oh, 100% agree. We've talked about this the past few weeks. It just seems like AEW is in a bad spot creatively right now. I mean, I said time and time again, I think Cody Rhodes was the brains behind the business. And when he left, I feel like AW's product has struggled. I'm sure the injuries are there too, but, and obviously they've had to make some different directions, you know, with, you know, storylines and stuff. But yeah, you're right, Justin. Like a lot of this card here, you know, I think the card's half the size last week. And then it's almost like Vince-esque, you know, WWE, just throwing matches on the card last minute just to see if it sticks or not. And I, I mean, I'm hoping that's a good event. You know, I'm obviously paying 50 bucks for this. So I'm hoping, you know, there's some good stuff here, but you know, I'm just not overly excited. Like I am with this card compared to past AEW events. Yeah, and it's one of those things is where you you know the wrestling is going to be good when you get the show. But like I said at the same time, a lot of the build for these matches, I mean, I'll get into each one separately. But, yeah, it's just not clicking. And we'll be interested to see what that means for buy rates. Uh, what are your thoughts, Cam? 
Well, I think this is maybe one of the worst, if not the worst, put together AEW pay-per-views they've ever had in the stretch of probably the worst, I mean, what, two months of television they've ever had. I mean, there's just, I mean, like Justin said, we'll talk about it match by match, but I have a problem with a lot of the stuff. Half the matches when I'm watching Dynamite, I'm like, these guys aren't even on TV most of the time. You're just sticking stuff together. Just like Justin says, like Vince has just 14 matches. Like, we're in a, this isn't, you know, bargain basement shopping where we're trying to get $3 a match or something out of it. I don't know. There's a lot of problems with it. I mean, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's not very good. I thought this last week on Dynamite was a pretty decent show. But there's a lot of misuse of guys and Wardlow being in a fucking trios match. Like, what is going on? All right, let's get into this 14-match show. Uh, as far as our year-long prediction standings go, I'm in the lead at 55-31. and 31. Chairman's 54 and 32, and Cam is 50 and 36. So we're all still within striking distance here. Obviously, a lot of ground to make up and lots of opportunities here for differences when it comes to this 14 match card. Uh, so let's just start with this match on the pre show Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Kingston. I mean, again, a match that was kind of thrown together. You know, I think it was this past week or two weeks ago. Yeah, it's going to be a good match. But, I mean, of course, you know, part of this comes along because of the whole Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara debacle where, you know, they got into the fight backstage. Eddie Kingston was suspended, and those two are supposed to fight here, and that match is off. So we get maybe a little bit of a better match here. But, again, now it's not a pre-show rather than on the actual show. Um Ishii's kind of like the New Japan guy who comes in and like can take losses and it doesn't really matter because he's still going to be considered a badass because he's Ishii. So I guess I'll go ahead and pick Eddie Kingston to win this match here since he's the AEW guy. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? Yeah, I agree. It's definitely going to be Kingston here. Ishii, like you said, it's not going to really matter a whole lot. He's in there as an expedition. And the weird thing is, I'm surprised Eddie Kingston's on this card. I thought for sure he was suspended. He wouldn't be here. But He's back, and I don't see Sammy Guevara's name anywhere. But I think Eddie Kingston probably would have been better for the casino ladder match to get a potential future world title shot. But maybe he's in the doghouse, so the best I can do is pre-show for him. So, whatever. Yeah, I guess you got to slowly work him back into the main card of things, I guess, if you're AEW or Tony Khan. Uh, who do you got, Cam? I think this is kind of a almost a must-win. I mean, I've talked about Eddie Kingston needing a big win here and there, and He's been involved in some good feuds. I mean, I don't know why they just didn't do him and Sammy. Like, who gives a shit? The AEW's turning into freaking WCW with a, a blend of TNA. Um, Kingston needs to win the match. I mean, nothing against Ishii, but what Chairman said, he's going to come in, you know, pop the New Japan fans and all that stuff, and Kingston can hopefully look strong and move on to get out of the pre-show. That leads us to our next pre-show match for the All-Atlantic Championship with Pac taking on Eddie Kingston, or not Eddie Kingston, excuse me, Kip Sabian. Um, Kip Sabian, finally, after I swear it had to be almost a year of him doing that gimmick where you could see him around with the box or paper bag over his head. I remember going to the very first Rochester show when he was walking around like that, and that was back in like, like... March, I think it was, last year, this year? I don't know, but it was definitely... Like within the last, it was over six months ago, and he's fine. That guy's getting paid to do that. And now he just randomly attacks Pac. And again, this match had one angle on it two weeks ago, and now they're putting it on the pre-show. And but it's nice, I guess, for them to AEW to finally acknowledge the All Atlantic Championship, one of the titles they added, had a tournament for because they wanted to make it prestigious and barely gets mentioned on TV. Uh, throw it over to you, Chairman. First, who do you got? 
Man, I was wondering where that guy was, Kip Sabian. He was kind of one of the uh, AEW OGs, and the dude hasn't wrestled. I looked this up just now. His last appearance was March 25th, 2021, in a tag team match loss with Miro when they lost the Arcade Anarchy match to Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy's not even on this card. Like, he completely fell off the grid, too. Um, but, yeah, it's cool to see Kit back. Uh, this is an interesting match. This is a match I wish we would have got more build to it. Like, they literally just threw it together and, like, boom, here you go. Like, this is a big match, I think, that could have got some nice build to it. Um, I'm a little disappointed it's a pre-show match, let alone lack of build, because I think this could have been really good. Um, Pac, obviously, that all-land championship that – he won the tournament and really has been barely mentioned since. Like, I think he's done more stuff with Death Triangle than, you know, build this title up. And it's not his fault by any means. But uh, I don't see him losing to Kip Sabian. I think, you know, Pac, if he lost his title, people would be pissed. And, yeah, it sucks that Kip's going to lose. But Kip's not exactly a guy that they're going to build up for the long haul where Pac is someone that could be built up. But I don't know. I'll say Pac wins. Okay, who do you got, Cam? wins definitely i mean i can't i remember that uh that match with mirror i remember being like mirror left the wwe to hang out with fucking stand-up 80s video games and be a wedding uh wedding officiant that's pretty cool um puck wins i mean i forgot I, I literally forgot this title existed so i was watching dynamite uh two nights ago or last night actually i was watching it recorded and i was like oh yeah i forgot about that title i forgot puck was even the champion they don't even talk about it um I kind of feel like they kind of just Tony Khan stuck names in a hat. Like who hasn't been on TV in six weeks or longer. And that's, who's going to face Pac and Kip Sabian popped out. So, I mean, I think it'll be a good wrestling match, but I'm losing faith in Tony Khan's ability to be able to book one or two things at a time. He's, he's turning into Vince. Yeah. It's one of those things where people were all excited. Well, you know, they got all these guys from around the world fighting for this title when out on this tournament and it's like, okay, great. And then that happened, and then I think I remember seeing something mentioned once on TV about Pac defending the title somewhere in England, I want to say. And then that was it, and the title's been pretty much non-existent ever since then. So this title was created for who knows what purpose. At least you can argue the trio's title has a purpose. This title really doesn't, but I'm also going with Pac as well. Like I said, I don't think Kip Sabian's a guy you come back and have to beat Pac in this first match back. Uh, so that gets us to the last match on the pre-show, or the last match listed. Who knows what order they're going to be in uh, for the FTW title, Hook against Angelo Parker. Uh, one of the bright spots of AEW is 2.0, and you know I, I kind of liked them when they were in NXT, but I didn't realize they were going to be able to be this good and give when they're given more time like this, they'd be able to do this good uh, in Dynamite on AEW. So uh, one of the one of the things I've liked about AEW recently is this breakout of 2.0. So, Hook, Angelo Parker, I'll let you pick first, Cam, here. Who do you got? AEW, and they have, like, 20 titles. So, is the Mid-Atlantic title, like, the U.S. title or the European title? And then this title's, like, the, uh, what title? Cruiserweight title, but for big guys? Or... <laughs> uh, this, this is, it's like, so... the ECW, FTW title, I guess. Like, when was ECW? Okay. And so like the All like, Atlantic yeah, we... title is probably like, I don't know, like the television title or the European yeah, title, like... one of the two. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they just, I mean, they have the talent. They just don't have the time. And I'm with the talent. So with the roster is so deep. I don't know why Tony Khan's not lobbying for Rampage to be two hours. Like they have 
19 belts and only three hours of, well, if you count YouTube, but they have three hours of television a week. Um, Hook wins this. I mean, I don't, I can make an argument for the Mid-Atlantic title serving a purpose. This title serves no purpose. Like Taz, his, I just, it's dumb. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, you know, it had a purpose in ECW when Taz was around originally, but now again, it's just kind of like, okay, like again, Hook's a mid-card act that was over and like you're not really doing anything with them. And the nostalgia pop, or not the nostalgia pop, but like the... Uh, this guy's cool pop is going to wear off sooner rather than later with Hook, uh, but he's winning here. Uh, there's no real reason for him to lose the title. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? Yeah, I got Hook as well, and this is another thing that could have been built up a little bit. Like, obviously, Angela Parker and Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, you know, they're great promo guys, and they've grown in AEW with the opportunity they've received, you know, being paired with Jericho. And I felt they could have cut some promos on Hook, you know, to build this up a little bit. And obviously it didn't happen. But, yeah, I agree with you guys on the hook thing. It's like he's only wrestling like every now and then. It's like he's not on very much at all. He wrestles mostly on Rampage, which is a taped show mostly. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, the funness is going to wear off hook if they don't really give him a major storyline. But he'll win here. And, I don't know, Angelo and Daddy Magic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on there with those guys. They're kind of lost in the shuffle lately, too, where it sounds like that big War Games match. All right, let's just piggyback off the FTW title here and go with the last holder of it before a hook, uh, Ricky Starks against Powerhouse Hobbs, a match of two young guys who have probably bright futures in AEW or, you know, bright futures in WWE if Papa H wants to make a move for him and try to offer them big money. I think there were reports that they were at least interested in Hobbs before Triple H took over, so who knows what maybe Triple H has in mind now. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to give props to Triple H to go out there and trolling the AEW fan base today by saying, well, you know, they beat our developmental big deal and seeing all the AEW people overreact to it and then seeing Chris Jericho come out and say, NXT sucks, it's always sucked, blah, 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 even though he originally wanted NXT for his Jericho cruise uh, before he went to like you know the New Japan AEW stuff you know except like that but that's another story uh, but I'm kind of look again this is a match I'm kind of looking forward to but the build has just been kind of weak I mean Ricky Starks has been feuding with QT Marshall and his group out of all of this and you know it just seems like this is a match where people were hot for it and it'll probably be a good match but again the build just hasn't been very strong at all uh, this one's kind of tough to pick as far as a winner goes. Um, you know, I think both of these guys have potential in AEW, but, uh, I think I will take Ricky Starks to win this one here. It's a very tough, it's one of the tougher ones to pick here, uh, but I think Ricky Starks wins. Um, who do you got, Chairman? Yeah, they could have spent more time building their pay-per-view matches instead of having, uh, W. Morrissey come back and beat the crap out of... P.D. Avalon and all of his little friends and Ryan Nemeth, who apparently I found out today is dating a girl from my hometown. Funny story. Um, but yeah, um, I'm going to go Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm be a little different here. I think the big man needs a big win. Ricky Starks, you know, he kind of had that FTW title for how long? And, you know, he's got the more glitz and glamour. And I just, obviously, Powerhouse Hobbs is a big dude. Like, that dude needs a big win on a big stage, like a pay-per-view here. And I think if powerhouse you know he's they keep putting him like the top five for like singles rankings but they never do anything with it so give this man a pay-per-view win i'm going to powerhouse maybe that means uh nick nemeth will come back to your hometown one time to go on a date with a girl and they'll, maybe he'll bring his brother dolph with him and then you'll see dolph ziggler walking around your town he'd be like oh my god it's dolph ziggler and then just keep walking <laughs> um 
All right, Cam, who do you got? I mean, Dolph Ziggler did make a good joke on Twitter the other day about uh, posted a meme of him and AJ Styles, and he's like, six-sided ring, never heard of it. And I was just like, okay, that's that's a, that's a good one there, Dolph. Yeah, he did something else. He um, responded to a WWE tweet the other day, Yeah, and I forgot what it was, but it was kind of funny. Uh, I wish I could find it. Yeah, he, he's okay sometimes from time to time on the internet. Um, I'm going to go with Hobbs here, too, simply because... I don't think any of these guys long-term have any real plans. And Ricky Starks can talk his way out of it after taking the loss. You can go the Hobbs needs the win. But these are guys that, I mean, I feel like at some point, Tony Khan's going to have to cut the fat again and kind of get rid of these kinds of guys. Like, it's still surprising. Peter Avalon's, he's he he's from like 20 minutes where I live and like used to wrestle in the Indies all the time there. I'm so surprised that guy is still freaking under contract, man. He's like the JTG of AEW where he just doesn't answer his phone when he sees Tony Khan or somebody from like AEW HR calling or like whatever they have their department there. He's just like, Oh, <laughs> Nope. I'm not going to answer that one. All right. Let's go to one of the six man matches here. Uh, House of black taking on a team of Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. And there's all these reports coming out recently that Malachi Black recently asked for his release, even though he just hit on a five-year deal. You know, there's reports about him having some mental health problems, him possibly, you know, his back apparently has been a problem for a while. Obviously, we know his wife, Zelina Vega, is in WWE. I think Malachi Black is a Triple H guy that I'm sure, you know, when the tampering, quote-unquote, stuff came out, I bet you Malachi Black was one of those guys that, were contacted or maybe, you know, Triple H called Zelina and said, hey, is your husband interested in coming back? Um, so there's a story there. I mean, Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro is kind of a weird team, to look like funny team to me. You know, just Miro teaming up with those guys. Um, so I'll go over to you, Chairman, first. Who do you got? Yeah, this whole Malachi Black rumors is kind of disheartening because, like, everybody thought if he went to AEW, he would get all this creative freedom and you know, his gimmick and, you know, all of his work would get over more, but they got beat by the dork order on Rampage, so clearly they're not valued there as much as they could and should be. Yeah, you're right, Justin. He definitely is a Papa Age guy. I mean, obviously he was a former NXT champion. Zelina's back, obviously, in WWE. So I'm sure there's some uh, talk about trying to get him back there, but I'm sure Tony Khan won't let him go. But this is what Cam been saying, though. It's like, you got to cut the fat somewhere, man. You got... How many contracts? I mean, just let the guy go. You obviously don't use him that much. So you're just going to have him take a loss here on a big stage because, you know, Darby and Sting, you know, they don't take too many L's. Miro needs a win here too. And But if Miro comes out in, like, fucking Sting face paint and a trench coat, I'm going to lose my shit. Please happen. And a tank too. Maybe he'll also uh, he'll drop down he'll drop down in a tank from the ceiling. There we go. That's how we can get this done. Um, Cam, who do you got? I mean, if he wears, if he wears, uh, this, I can't even think of the singlet and everything, or like the, yeah, the singlet and everything, that, uh, that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Miro's probably one of those guys that should be like, hey, maybe I should go back to WWE too. Um, I'm going to go with that team simply because, I mean, the House of Black has, they, they look like badasses. They lost the Dork Order. Like, I love Dead Chairman said that I'm going to start you calling that. They lost the Dork Order. They don't really do much. I mean, Again, I said this maybe a few weeks ago where I feel like Tony Khan just 
opened up his dad's checkbook and just wrote a whole bunch of checks because he's a fan of all these guys. You know, he's just fantasy booking in his head and signing all these guys to contracts. They come over, they debut, get the debut pop. It was almost like an NXT thing where they came, they got their pop for their for their debut, and then at least Triple H worked with them. And some of these guys, just not much is going on. Um, yeah, at that point, just maybe let them all go. Let Buddy Murphy go back to the WWE. I mean, there's... I mean, we don't want to overcrowd the WWE, but at the same time, like, these guys are just not getting treated right. And I think it's a Sting, Darby Allen, Miro win. Yeah, and that's why I think Buddy Matthews also wasn't on TV for a while is because he took independent bookings that um, that weren't approved by AEW. So I think they kept him off AEW TV for a little bit. And, of course, you know, he no-showed. I shouldn't say he no-showed. He backed out a week before our when he was supposed to come to my local promotion in Buffalo back in May due to AEW commitments and then didn't do anything AEW-related that week. But, you know, whatever. Um, no, what we need here now that I think about it is we need, like, Miro to come out as Bleach Blonde Sting from the 90s uh, Darby can still look like Crow Sting, and then Sting can come out as like you know Wolfpack Sting or Joker Sting from TNA, and that's we can get three eras of Sting right there. That's what needs to happen. Uh, I'm gonna go with House of Black here. Maybe Tony Khan. I'm gonna say guess Tony Khan feeds these guys like a like a W here with Malik with all the rumors about Malachi Black this week, so they can be like, look, we're treating House of Black got a win. They pinned uh, you know Sting in this match. So I'll go ahead and say uh, House of Black wins this one. All right, let's go over to the other six-man tag taking place here. Wardlow and FTR against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns in a match where, boy, you could really use Wardlow or FTR a lot better on this on what's considered your WrestleMania pay-per-view. Um, I'll go to you, Cam, first. What do you think here? Uh, poor Wardlow, man. Like, if you just... <laughs> it's To me, it's very very similar of how wwe books um excuse me braun Strowman for a while bray wyatt for a while it's just really sad to where he has fallen essentially i mean it's like he was one of the hottest guys i mean mjf's nowhere to be freaking found like basically the hottest story they had this year i mean maybe some punk stuff but the hottest storyline they had going this year and you don't really do anything with these guys. You don't have them come back. I mean, Wardlow should be, I mean, I got it. You got Punk back. You got Hangman. You got Moxley. They're all doing great. You know, I understand that, and that's all fine. But Wardlow, if you put him in there and let him get the rub from Punk, who's worked with Ryback and all these other guys in his career, let him have a singles match with freaking hangman page instead of doing this crap you know i just i just don't like it i mean they're gonna win the match because it's fucking jay lethal and like jay lethal hasn't done anything relevant since fucking like obama was president in pro <laughs> wrestling so yeah that's a no-brainer <laughs> yeah i mean jay lethal's a guy that oh yeah i know who jay lethal is and then he was like but what has jay lethal done recently yeah it's like <laughs> i like that obama comparison um but yeah i mean ftr you know there's no reason they shouldn't be fighting like the Young Bucks here in a winner-take-all match for these tag titles. Um, this is another pay-per-view where the TNT title... I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. It was No, Wardlow MJF wasn't for the TNT title at Double or Nothing. So this is another pay-per-view where the TNT title isn't being defended. I know they're, try, they're trying to do that that Goldberg-like entrance with Wardlow, and it just isn't working with him. Like, I just let him come out and do his thing, but... 
I mean, FTR is like I've said before, are up there with you know, John Moxley. I think in consideration for Wrestler of the Year, if we can give out Wrestler of the Year to tag teams, um, but man, there could have just been so much. They were they're such a hot act right now. I think Wardlow is starting to cool down a little bit, but FTR has still got their thing going. But they're not. They're in this match, and it's just like wow, the Motor City Machine Guns. Like so, they're here for a one-off appearance to lose. Like okay, um, but yeah, I'm picking Wardlow FTR here. I mean, to me, this is pretty much the lock of the night, I think. I mean, that or Hook winning. Or one of these two are the locks of the night, but I got the faces winning here. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? Yeah, I don't see, in all the multiverses, I don't see a single scenario where FTR were to lose here. Like, this is a waste of them. Like, six-man tag. I feel like Warlow could defend the TNT title against somebody, and you could elevate the title. I mean, and then, of course, FTR could be going for the AEW Tag Team Championship since they've been the number one ranked tag team for how many months. Or, you know, they could defend the ROH tag titles against Motor City Machine Guns to the final expedition match. I'd be okay with that. But, you know, six-man tag just devalues them. I mean, my thing is, why did these guys enter the freaking trios tournament then? Like, somebody figure this out for me. Like, they could have been in the trios tournament and they probably would have been a heavy favorite. Like, figure this one out. I can't. No, I'm the same way with you. These guys were spin together was like, you know, before that started. Why can't you do it? No, you know, we can't. But we, if we question AEW's booking, we're considered WWE marks. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, all right, let's do let's do the Castino ladder match here. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, three, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, eight people. Well, seven announced and one extra. So it's Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Penta, Ray Phoenix, Rush, Andrade, Dante Martin, and a Joker. Um, I could say, I know a lot of people think the Joker would be MJF, but to me, if that would make no sense given the story here, because why would Tony Khan give MJF a spot in this match after what MJF did when he walked out? Um, I could see maybe Adam Cole being a possibility. There are some rumors that he's ready to return, and but apparently, you know, Bobby Fish's contract wasn't renewed, and I saw a picture of Kyle O'Reilly today on Instagram talking about neck fusion surgery. So, you know, there's a that story is nowhere to be found. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's a New Japan guy. I don't know, but I, I think MJF coming back in this spot for this match wouldn't make sense given how MJF left the company because it would basically be Tony Khan awarding MJF for calling Tony Khan a mark. So it wouldn't make any sense here. So I think maybe if I had to guess, it might be Adam Cole. Uh, as far as a winner goes, um... I don't know. This one's tough. I would, I almost want to, would want to pick the Joker if I felt more confident it was Adam Cole, but I really don't know who it's going to be. Uh, you know, Penta and Phoenix, I talk about it all the time. These guys are just kind of there to take, you know, losses and big matches. Um, you know, Andrade was very close to winning that one battle Royal uh, for the, for the interim, interim title. Uh, you know, Claudio's the ring of honor champion. This one's really tough to pick. I'm just going to go ahead and say that Andrade actually wins this one. You know, just talk about guys wanting to leave that back. I've said before on the show that I wouldn't be surprised if Andrade is a guy that wants to go back to WWE, given, you know, his wife Charlotte is there. He's a Triple H guy as well. Uh, His pairing with Zelina Vega worked great the last time. So maybe, again, Tony Khan throws him a bone here and says, oh, here, Andrade, we'll give you this win here. So I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Andrade to win. Who do you got, Chairman? Now Dante Martin's bitch ass. Why is he in this match? Seriously. Because he can high fly and jump off ladders. Great. <laughs> so, so can Scorpio Sky, but he's injured. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, this to me looks like a bunch of, like, guys that aren't going to win. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, we all know love Penta and Ray, but they never get big wins. And Rouge, Andrade, they're not going to win. And then, of course, you get Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio. So it's like, okay, we could have this weird uh, Blackpool Combat Club uh, match if uh, Moxley retains and one of these two win. I'm just going to take the dice roll here and go off the to-be-determined guy. I don't know who it's going to be, but I like those percentages versus what's ever advertised. Maybe you're right with Adam Cole. Maybe it's MJF. Maybe there's an open contract laying around backstage, and he just happens to come back and sign it, and then he's going to cash in his title shot at the end of the night and walk out of Chicago the champion, and the whole place will riot. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Who do you got, Cam? I mean, I'm exactly where Chairman is. I am taking the unknown over the known. Um, I mean, you can make an argument for for Claudio. I mean, you can make an argument for Andrade. I mean, for joke purposes, maybe Andrade pulls pulls the favor and Ric Flair's the joker, but he doesn't win the match. But eight Ric Flair goes out one more time, struts down the all-out um, walkway and then gets into the match and, you know, just kind of hangs out for five minutes or so doesn't even attempt to climb the ladder. He's just wooing the whole time, and that's how he goes out. Now, yeah, I'm going to take – I mean, I'm taking the Joker. I just – I think it's going to be Adam Cole at this point. I mean, we are – we talked about Malachi Black. We've talked about Miro, almost at nauseum. I mean, we've talked about a few guys that have come from the WWE, Keith Lee. I mean, yeah, sure, he's a tag team champion, but, like, he's not really doing too much. There's guys that have come over and haven't really done anything. Adam Cole's been the biggest disappointment. He was – Hanging around backstage, just being a, like circle jerking with the young bucks for two months, lost to Daniel Bryan. Um, what is this guy doing? Like he needs to be pushed up the card. And Moxley or Punk, whoever wins on on Saturday night, Adam Cole should be the next competitor. Reheat this thing, man. Like go back where you were six, seven months ago, Tony Khan. Like I don't know what's going on. Maybe he really is paying attention to Fulham and thinks they have a chance of finishing like the top 15 or some shit. So he's like, yeah, we can, we can just get to like 15th. I'll be really happy. But I have no idea what's going on with that guy. He just thinks Trevor Lawrence is the man. I don't know. Um, he needs to go back and figure this thing out. And Adam Cole coming back and winning, that's going to pop the crowd. Okay, um, let's go. You mentioned him here, Cam. So let's go to the tag title match here with uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on the acclaimed. Uh, again, I don't even have like I don't even think Swerve and Keith Lee have been on TV in the last couple of weeks outside of backstage promos. So again, it's like it's almost like like I want to say it's kind of like you know you know when they uh, when Th- when Thunder Rosa was the women's champion that nobody paid attention to her because it wasn't Dr. Britt Baker. And it's kind of like the same thing in this tag title match. Well, the tag titles aren't on the Bucks or FDR, so you know we you know we they can have them, but they don't get as much TV time. That's kind of what I get out of this match here. Um, I'll throw it over to you, Chairman, first. What do you got? Scissor me, daddy ass. We're getting new champs here. I'm going to pick the acclaimed. I think they've been getting over with the fans huge in the last few months. You know, the fallout with the daddy ass thing was that, that broke the hearts of many fans. And now they're back together after daddy ass got turned on by the kids, the ass boys. Like, that story's more over right now than anything. Keith Lee or Swerve have done, which is a tragedy because those two are fantastic performers, but they're just kind of like there. They won the titles and they're just there. It's one of those like 
you won the title, but we don't know what to do with you. Um, go fight on Rampage for a little bit. I mean, Jurassic Express pretty much did the same shit, too, when they were tag champs. So I, I think they're going to go with the acclaimed. All right, Cam, who do you got? I mean, I almost want to pick the acclaimed, too, but I just I just despise those guys. I, I, I don't know. I just don't like it. Um, something tells me they're going to win just to freshen things up. I mean, maybe they can wrestle FTR. Like, maybe Tony Khan can remember something's going on with that. Like, who knows? They're barely on TV now, and they're the best, quote-unquote, tag team in the world, and they have, like, 19 titles, and they're just not on TV, and they're apparently not in this video game that's taking fucking, like, two years to make. Um, it's like they're making a James Cameron movie over there. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Kenny just put the freaking game out already, dude. You know it's going to sit on pre-order for like five months. You know we're going to be waiting till sometime in 2023 for that damn game. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Acclaim too. I mean, just something of note. I mean, I don't really see that many title changes taking place that night, so I feel like this is going to be at least one of them. Uh, okay, I'll be the outlier here again. I'll take, I'll take Lee and uh, Swerve to retain here. Um, it is interesting seeing Hit Row back at, in WWE without uh, Swerve Strickland, but apparently Swerve Strickland really wasn't a fan of that group anyway and didn't really want to be in it. Uh, so we'll see what kind of push they get over on SmackDown. But yeah, I think that I think Swerve and Keith Lee retain here. But like you guys said, Acclaim's getting over the crowd. They're not really my kind of thing. I, I don't really care for them either. Uh, but, you know, they are over with the crowd, so I have to give them credit for that. Uh, let's go to the TBS t- uh, title match. Jade Cargill, Athena. Again, this feud has, feels like it's been going on. I think it has been going on since the end of do- Double or Nothing. I think that's when Athena debuted, and now we're finally getting the match here. So it's like you waited all this time to do this match. Um, I'll throw it to you, Cam, first here. Who are you going with? Yeah, they've waited a long time, and I mean, I thought Athena was going to be like Ruby Soho and kind of come in and shake up the women's division, but they really haven't. Um, I like Athena. I thought she brings something to the table, but I don't think they're ready to move that title off Jade Cargill yet. I mean, at some point, Jade needs to be like, okay, I should move up to the next tier, uh, but I don't think it's going to be this pay-per-view. I think she needs to actually win some matches and get a little bit better at wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it makes almost no sense for Jay Cargill not to have been in this women's fatal four-way match. I mean, I guess if you don't want her to win, you don't want her taking the loss. But at the same time, it's to the point where it's like, okay, well, you know, you keep winning. At some point, you should be going for the women's world title. I don't know why she's not. I don't. She shouldn't be happy just having the TVS title. I mean, I think she wins here too. Um, I've never really been that big of a fan of Ember Moon, Athena, whatever you want to call her. Even in NXT, I felt like she got passed by a lot of people down there when she was down there. But I don't think she. I think she's too cooled off now at this point to be the person to take the title off of Jade. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Jade retaining here. Um, who do you got, Chairman? Yeah, it's easy. Jade Cargill's going to retain. Athena is almost he's almost like Ruby so you know bring in a former WWE prospect you know you get the big pop you know they're here and then you do nothing with them you know Athena's only wrestled on Dynamite once in a tag match that she lost to Jay Cargill and Kira Hogan otherwise she's wrestled on Dynamite or not sorry Rampage and Dark so it's like you bring her in you basically 
uh, Tony County can't book a women's division. It, it's, it's a known fact. The whole Thunder Rosa thing, we'll get that later. But, yeah, um, it's Jay Carter's going to win. And I, I'll never figure out, like, why there's an interim women's championship when they don't even get me started on that. I'm just going to say nothing at this point. <laughs> All right, let's go over now to Brian Danielson over Chris Jericho, which pretty much evolves over the um, – you know, the Daniel Garcia match with uh, Brian Danielson and Garcia wanted to show Danielson respect and Jericho attacking him afterwards. Um, so that pretty much evolved to this rivalry here where we get Brian Danielson and Jericho going one on one. I mean, it should be a good match. I mean, it'll be a Jericho and a regular wrestling match. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see. Um, I think I'll probably go ahead and take Brian Danielson to win this match here. I feel like, you know, it's one of those matches, again, that's going to be good, but I'm just kind of like, okay, the build's kind of over Daniel Garcia and not anything else. Um, but I'll go ahead and pick Danielson to win this match. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? This is a missed opportunity for a ladder match, and they could have had a custody of Daniel Garcia match. I mean, sweet. Um, yeah, I think Daniel Garcia might be the person that kind of decides this match i don't think he's going to help jericho i think he's going to betray him i think he's not going to like the shadiness he's going to try to do so he's gonna because you know he's a big daniel bryan brian Danielson fan you know whatever so um so i think danielson will beat him here i mean I'm trying to think they really haven't wrestled a whole lot you know in wwe back in the day I'm trying to think of if they even wrestled, I mean, there's probably a few tag matches, maybe a few singles matches. But, you know, looking through things here, I don't think Brian the Danielson's only, ever beat. Yeah, I so said the only match that's popping into my head is that when uh, he was on, Brian Danielson was on NXT, that very first season of NXT, I think him and Jericho fought on one of the first episodes. Yeah, so Jericho beat him then. Yeah. And then Jericho beat him on a Raw in 2013. So other than that, that's it. So Brian Danielson has never beaten Chris Jericho. Well, that ends Sunday. Yeah, and I should point out, too, that uh, Daniel Garcia fighting for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship against Wheeler Yuta on Dynamite uh, this coming Wednesday in his hometown in Buffalo. So he'll definitely be a babyface there no matter what. Um, who do you got, Cam? I agree with you guys. I think Daniel Bryan's gonna, or Brian Danielson's going to win. Um, I think Jericho has a some Fozzie shows coming up and then he can come back in a couple of months and start a brand new uh, Jericho appreciation society with whatever leftover dudes that are yell, yell too much into a microphone and let them cut promos. Uh, I think Jericho needs to maybe go away. I mean, I argued last week that he should be one of the guys that once his contract's up should consider at least going back to the WWE. Um, I don't want to say his time has run up in, in AEW. He could still do some stuff. I would love for them to <clears throat> go back to him and Punk. So, I mean, maybe if he does have a year left, like redo all that stuff that they did in the WWE with Punk and uh, Chris Jericho. I mean, I think there's still some matches. Obviously, he can maybe have another match with Kenny or something down the road. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, I think Brian Danielson wins here. I think he needs the win, and then he gets Daniel Garcia to, to join the Blackpool Combat Club. All right, let's go over to Jungle Boy, Christian Cage. One of the better built batches on the show. I mean, I think Christian Cage has been really great as this, like, douchebaggy, like, heel character that, uh, you know, he's better than you, etc. Um, I got to give him credit there. Jungle Boy's been showing a little bit of fire. He's still not all the way there on his promos, but 
uh, he, he's getting there as far as improvement goes. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, Chairman, you're going to be up first in this one. Who do you got? I'm going to Jungle Boy here. I feel like, you know, this has been one of a really good build, really good story. You know, Christian's obviously the veteran who doesn't need a win. I mean, obviously, I think he's going to put Jungle Boy over here. There's really no reason to keep this feud going on, like, Chris Jericho feuds. So, going back to our last match real quick, I really hope that we don't need Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho fighting until next March. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like Jungle Boy could get the win here, move on to bigger and better things, maybe, like, challenge for the TNT Championship or one of the other 15 titles that AEW has. Maybe he can go fight Hook for the FTW title, I don't know, or Pac for the All-Atlantic Championship or... Maybe they'll come out with the All-Pacific Championship. But uh, Jungle Boy should win here. Uh, all right, Cam, who do you got? Yeah, I agree. I think Jungle Boy needs to win here more than Christian Cage. I, I mean, I, I like the, the aggressive nature of it. I think that the match should have just been like a no DQ or something along those lines, grudge match type thing. Um, but, yeah, Jungle Boy can win here. I assume maybe uh, that he can, they can put him with Hook. They can do some other things uh but yeah i mean i think there's obviously no point for christian cage to win unless they're going to continue the feud who knows yeah i mean there's really yeah it's one of those things i agree with you it's like they've been building this up as like a blood feud for so long that it's weird that there isn't some kind of no disqualification stipulation to it something like that um but yeah, I think Jungle Boy wins here. I mean, Christian kind of knows his place now. You know, he's a, he's a guy, he can talk, he can talk himself out of a loss here. There is a looming thing of Luchasaurus possibly coming back and maybe swerving everybody and having him help Christian and Christian win. But I mean, I don't think that's really needed here in this story. I think I like that Jungle Boy used in his promo that he's like, you're going to get a you know a fight Jack Perry. I forgot what exactly he said, but he used his real name, which I think he kind of needs to use a little bit more if he wants to actually kind of go up the car. Like, even if you call yourself Jungle Boy Jack Perry, that's fine. Uh, but Jungle Boy just really isn't that big of a main event name these kind of in these days. Uh, all right, let's go over to the fatal four-way match for the interim women's title after Thunder Rosa vacated her, or, you know, said she was injured. So now we get another interim title. We've got Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, Dr. Britt Baker, and Jamie Hayter fighting here to become the interim women's champion. So uh, lots of opportunities here. I think I think you can make a case. I wouldn't really make a case for Sheeta, but I can make a case for the other three as far as winning. But I will let you, Cam, start here. Who do you got? I mean, one of the things we talked about, about how the women's division's just not really booked that strong. And I mean, I'm thinking that this match almost could have been left off the card. I mean, we talked about it earlier, like 14 matches, right? Something like that. 14 total matches. And it's just like, holy cow. Why are there so many matches? And I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm going to go. I don't know. I think Britt Baker is the obvious choice, right? I mean, there's not anything that I can really think of where I'm like, okay, this this is the the one that's going to win. But I want to go with Tony Storm just because I feel like she hasn't been booked very well at all. Another WWE castaway that I was excited about. It's an interim title. I'm going to go with Britt Baker. I think it's just a safe choice, and I think that's the only person Tony Khan is comfortable booking right. 
Yeah, he got questioned today about how, you know, uh, Punk gave that whole speech about vacating his title, and then, you know, Thunder Rosa had, like, this very short time to give it away in the back, and he's talking about how it's what people want to see, and, you know, of course, you know, the super woke mob on Twitter was talking about how that means he hates women, but, or doesn't want to book women's wrestling, but, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't take it that far. I just think it's the fact he doesn't know how to book the whole division as a whole. And, you know, Kenny Omega is back around. Apparently he had a hand in booking the women's division before, but it's just not, you know, showing yet. And, you know, Thunder Rose's injury is one of those things where, you know, puts a wrench in the plans. And, of course, you know, it's funny seeing everybody that wanted to build the Thunder Rosa as champion was behind Thunder Rosa as champion getting behind her to win the match. All of a sudden, turn on her because she's, you know, know, hasn't been as good as champion. It's like, well, so all of a sudden you're taking a 180 now because you wanted her to win originally. And then afterwards now, because she hasn't been doing as well, you're like, oh, she sucked. She's always sucked. Well, you know, she hasn't been good. I mean, I wanted Thunder Rosa to win the title for a while too. And I thought her reign's been disappointing, but it's one of those things where people, you know, they think one thing in the buildup and then something happens afterwards. Like, well, no, 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 no. We always thought this way. Um, Tony Storm is somebody, again, that's kind of been misused when since she's got there. It's like, okay, you know, everybody was hyped for her. She lost her one title match where we all thought she was going to win at Forbidden Door. And it's like one of those things where it's almost like, you know, we joke about the Brock Lesnar breaking case of emergency thing here. I almost feel like Tony Khan's also got that with the uh, Dr. Britt Baker. He can break that glass in case of emergency. Um I think you can make a sneaky case for Jamie Hayter here, too, when playing into the story with her and Dr. Britt Baker. You know, one of those things where Jamie wins and Dr. Britt Baker gets jealous and they have a whole story there. Uh, But I think out of everybody here, Tony Storm needs to win the most because even if it is only for an interim title, she needs to win the big match. Otherwise, she doesn't win this one. It's one of those things where you almost can't really, you know, don't care if she gets in another big match going forward. So I will go ahead and pick Tony Storm to win this match here. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? I mean, originally it was supposed to be Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. So I feel like Tony Storm's probably the pick here. Like, Dr. Brick Baker, yeah, you can break the emergency glass, but I don't think it's warranted here. And there's a big-time uh, Jimmy Hader cult, you know, right now on the Internet, you know, wanting her to get a big push. But Tony Khan can't do anything with these women. Like, you know, this goes back to that thing you just talked about, how he's like, well, I'm not giving Thunder Rosa TV time because blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Thunder Rosa, I think, wants to leave the company, honestly. So just, you, might, you might never see Thunder Rosa on TV again. I mean... I mean, I don't know. That's a mess. And there's backstage heat with Herbert Baker. So it's like, I don't think they're going to have those two in the ring anytime soon. Kind of like Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara. So I think that's how I'm real bred out. Because I've seen Thunder Rosa is the interim champion. She has to actually fight when she comes back. So I think they're just going to do Tony Storm. It's a safe thing. They've, yeah, they're already originally booked. I mean, cool. She hasn't appeared in months. And then also she's back. And then she, uh, of course, gets the pinfall over Britt. You know, Wednesday night, so that's her big spot of the week. But uh, of course, when uh, Tony Storm does win Sunday, she will have to defend the interim championship against Nyla Rose because that's like the mandatory thing of every women's champion is defending against Nyla Rose first. All right, that leads us over to the trios match, uh, which is 
Kenny Omega and the Bucks taking on probably the Dark Order with Adam Page on the team. Uh, we're recording this before AEW Rampage tonight, but I'd be very surprised if Orange Cassidy and his team ended up winning that match. So I'm going to assume it's the Dark Order because that plays into the whole elite storyline with Hangman Page and how the Young Bucks originally wanted Page to be their partner. Uh, so that whole story goes there. I think, though, in the end, you have Kenny and the Bucks win this match. I mean, if you want to establish these titles as meaning something right away, you put them on Kenny and the Bucks and not as on the uh, on the Dork Order guys, as we've now dubbed them here on this show, even with Hangman Page around there. He's got to, at some point, Hangman Page just has to fully break away from those guys if he wants to be taken seriously as a real main eventer and... He's like he's still, I believe, on the top of the rankings, even though the AEW only decides when to use the rankings whenever they want. So I'm going to go ahead and say Kenny and the Bucks win here no matter who they end up facing, uh, winning the match or whoever ends up winning the match on Friday. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? The use of Heyman Page has been very interesting since he lost the AEW World Championship. I thought for sure we were going to get a Hung Bucks reunion because obviously at the time, no one was thinking Kenny was going to come back, and then boom, he's back on a random Wednesday night dynamite. Uh, the match with uh, Osprey and Aussie Open was fun. That's you know good stuff. Osprey says he's not going to be back in AEW in a while, so if we're ever going to get that Kenny Omega Will Osprey match, it's probably going to have to be in uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I'd be totally totally down for that. By the way, um, this match though, Dork Order probably wins tonight. Um, whatever, because obviously they're not leaving Hangman Page off the freaking pay per view. Uh, but I just. I, there's no way they don't have Kenny the Bucks win. I mean, trio championships, they're the founders. Like, do you really want to go into the archives and see John Silver, Alex Reynolds as your first ever trio champions? No, it's going to be Kenny the Bucks. Uh, all right, Cam, who do you got? Yeah, man, it, it has to be Kenny and the Bucks, right? It would be, it would, I mean, it would make for a compelling story if, if Hangman Page could leave, could lead the dork order into winning the trio's title. But, Kenny's been out for a while. Um, I mean, I thought the match on Wednesday was pretty good. There was a few spots where he looked a little ring rusty to me. Uh, then when Will Ospreay did the front flip into, like, the indie taker, like, he completely whiffed on it or whatever, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the titles were meant for these guys, which is a, a step down in Ken, for Kenny Omega, obviously. He's doing the trios title thing with the Bucks. That's a step down from the main event scene because, I mean – if we could get 100% healthy CM Punk, CM Punk versus Kenny Omega, that could be a stellar wrestling match. So he could get back in there with Adam Cole. Who knows? I mean, I think there's a lot to to dive in with what's going on. And uh, But, yeah, I'm going to take Kenny in the books. All right, and that leads us over to the main event for the AEW Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley defending again. Against CM Punk, even though that match took place 10 days ago and CM Punk apparently re-injured his foot. And now, though, because Ace Steel and I guess the crowd of Chicago motivated him, he's ready to fight again this Sunday. But uh, I'll give my thoughts in a second there. Uh, I'll throw it over to uh, you, Chairman, first. Who do you got? Let's go back to Wednesday night real quick, shall we? John Moxley puts an open contract in the ring. You're telling me none of these wrestlers in that company are going to run out there and try to grab that contract. Instead, it's Ace Steel, a producer, just walks out there and be like, mm, cool, I'm going to take this contract. Like, this makes no sense. That's a stupid narrative. And then, of course, 
he swears on TV and gets Punk all fired up and Punk's all, woe is me, I'm going to retire, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and then Punk's running into the crowd and babies are being sacrificed. And I'm like, shit, he didn't sign that contract yet. You know, maybe someone's going to attack him. Like, in the back of my mind, I was hoping, like, MJF was going to attack him, steal the contract and sign it. And then the fans would be super pissed and the whole place would go insane. Like, that would have been so cool. I mean, it didn't have to be MJF. It could be anybody, honestly. But that would have been interesting because, obviously, this goes back to your saying before about MJF is Tony doesn't want to put him in a big spot like this because he trashed him on TV. Like, that would have been a way to bring him back. That would have been fucking cool. But that didn't happen. Um, so we're getting a rematch from 10 days ago, which pisses me off. Um, yeah, I think Punk's going to win here because it's in Chicago. And he obviously he got squashed, so he has to have this big redemption story and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I'm kind of sour on the whole thing. Um, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, moving on. All right. Yeah, I mean, so I'm also picking Moxley here, too. I mean, this is what I don't get. I don't care if like punk is motivated by Chicago now, motivated by a steel. Like if I'm looking at this from a pure like wrestling standpoint, and my belief is that punk came back too early. How am I supposed to magically believe that he came back 10 days later and it's going to be like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm pumped. I'm in Chicago. And it's just like, no, like if I'm supposed to believe, you know, just turn my brain off for a second. If I'm supposed to believe wrestling is real, like, why would I believe that CM Punk is all of a sudden going to be ready in 10 days here to uh, come back and win this title? I just, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care how great promos they cut on Dynamite this past weekend. The internal logic here is just dumb from this kind of standpoint. It doesn't make any sense. It's one of those things where I think they tried to get too cute by having the world title match on Dynamite a week, last week. And it's like, you knew this was going to be the main event of All Out. I think this whole story would have worked if you didn't do the world title match on Dynamite. Like, this program would have been fine if they would have done something else last week rather than doing, okay, let's do this match in an injury angle with Punk. And like you said, Sherman, I was, I was waiting for a fan to just randomly, like some crazy fan to push Punk off the railing and grab the contract and sign it. Be like, all right, look at I'm fighting John Moxley now for the AEW world title. But like you said, the fact that nobody went out there and grabbed that contract is just kind of a little bit ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm taking Moxley to win here too. Like, I don't need to, Moxley at, for me at this point is the wrestler of the year. Uh, I don't really know if anybody else is really close. Like I said, if you consider FTR as a team as wrestlers of the year, maybe, but I don't think anybody's beaten Moxley for wrestler of the year at this point. And there's really no reason to take the title off of him here yet again. So I'm also taking Mox to win here. I took Punk, dude. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the hometown hero has the redemption story, man. Don't be writing my story off. <laughs> man, I feel like an idiot now. All right, so you got Punk. I've, I've, I've had a few beers tonight, so maybe I was just one year out the other. Um, So, all right, so you're going with Punk. I'm going with Moxley. Cam, who are you going with? I mean, I'd if Adam Cole's the Joker and wins, I'd much rather see an Adam Cole John Moxley match than an Adam Cole CM Punk match. Um, I mean, I got a lot of problems with this stuff where everyone's just supposed to know who the fuck Ace Steel is. Like, if you're not like a hardcore CM Punk fan, you don't know who the hell that guy is. Um, there's just a lot going on on that, and there's just I don't know. Moxley could have just came out and said, you know, CM Punk, if you're if you're filling up for it, I'll kick your ass again it all out or something along those lines and maybe him not come out and then do the, the, the stuff backstage with, with a seal. I don't know. I just, I didn't like it that much. Um, 
half want MJF to come back and screw Punk. I don't know. I feel like CM Punk's going to take some time off. I think Moxley's going to win the match. Um, I agree. I think he's the he's the wrestler of the year, like Justin said. I think that he's kind of the guy right now. And if you can have him feud with some new guys, with Adam Cole, maybe revisit Kenny Omega down the line. Who knows? There's a lot of different guys. But I think that it's been kind of bad timing. And maybe Punk is really hurt. Who really knows? I mean, he was off all that time. He is an older guy. It's not like, you know, he was back in the day. He is an older guy. Um, I feel like with Punk, too, he should be, like, their more main attraction guy. Like, we don't, at this point, I'm not saying the pop's worn off and all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, if you have him come off TV for a, a few weeks to a month and then come back and feud with somebody new or something like that. But, yeah, I think John Moxley wins. All right, so um, real quick here, Cam, since you weren't on the since you weren't here this past Tuesday, you want to give your quick picks here for uh, Clash of the Castle? We got six matches here to go through. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, so you got uh, you got the Judgment Day against Edge and Rey Mysterio. I'll take Edge and Rey Mysterio. Poor, poor Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I mean, I like those guys, but they're they're kind of getting treated like jobbers a little bit. You got the IC title match, Gunther and Sheamus. I mean, I don't want this is with Vince booking Sheamus wins. Triple H is booking. I think Gunther retains here. It's a, it'll be a big win for him. It'll be elevate him to the next level. So you got Riddle or Matt Riddle now and Seth Rollins. I mean, I could see this going for a few pay-per-views. I think Seth Rollins needs a win, and this can't be like the Cody thing where they extend it longer. If he loses, he needs to win the first match, so I think Seth Rollins wins. All right. Uh, Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka against Bailey, Io, and Dakota Kai. Um, one of the biggest weird mistake or decisions that Triple H you know, made, even though assuming Naomi and Sasha Banks are coming back here relatively soon. Still kind of weird to see them not win the titles, but I think I think they win this match easily. Uh, Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler. Um, I mean, I want to pick with you, Justin, and go Liv, and let Liv have a little bit of a run, but it hasn't been that great. It's been a little bit. I think if Triple H wants to treat Shayna Baszler like a badass, then there is curiosity. Sorry, Chairman, in the Shayna Baszler Ronda Rousey match. All right, and then, of course, the main event, Roman and Drew. I mean, I think it's death taxes and Roman Reigns, but everyone's talking about titles change and all these things happening, which I agree with. You know, I talked about last week. If you take the titles off Roman, let Roman take some time off and then come back for the possible rock match at WrestleMania, you freshen things up and you can put the title on Drew. You can put the title on someone on SmackDown. Um yeah, I mean, let's 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 just do it. Let's say screw it. Drew McIntyre wins. All right, and Chairman, you brought this up real quick. The talk that Braun Strowman's likely returning to the WWE. What are your thoughts on that? I'm not all aboard the Braun Express at all, man. That dude, that dude's a turd. Ever since he left, he started bashing everything and everyone. He hates bingo halls. He hates everything. I mean, he is obviously a kiss ass to Triple H, but uh. Yeah, I mean, he had a window a couple of years ago, and obviously Vince missed it because he's infatuated with Roman and Brock. So I don't think Braun's going to fit in very well in the 
new era of WWE per se, but I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I'm not excited. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this at nauseum on the show when Braun ended up winning the title during the COVID mania. It's like, you know, they had so many opportunities to do better with Braun and and fully get behind him when he was his hottest, right around when he won Money in the Bank, and then they pretty much just dropped the ball on it completely in there. Their redo with him winning the world title or they think it was the universal title on that spot just didn't end up working. So, you know... I don't know what you can do. He's a better version of Osmosis Jones. I'll give him that considering thankfully we haven't seen him on TV in a while since Triple H took over. He's like, he has charisma. I'll give him that much. He can get the, he has like the energy to get the crowd behind him. He can somewhat move for a big man, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what there is to a Braun Strowman story that can really get added to, you know, at this point that will make me care. Uh, What do you think, Cam? Uh, I mean, if Braun Strowman comes back, what it looks like he is, I mean, it kind of tells me that a possible Wyatt family reunion is in the works. I mean, you can just bring back Eric Rowan um, and Bray Wyatt. Obviously, we can't bring back Brody Harper, rest in peace, but they can pay homage to him and that whole thing. And I want to go back to the old school. I mean, we talked about a little bit if Bray Wyatt came back to WWE. I want to take it back to NXT days before NXT got really big, where the Wyatt family was still on NXT, where they were just kind of like, you know, just trailer trash guys or whatever, but not not real gimmicky. And Bray Wyatt just cut his really good promos, and you could have Braun and, and Rowan be like the, the guys that beat everybody up, and I think that's funny, and everyone loves Bray Wyatt. You know, we talked about a little bit that Fiend character got a little bit too much. Um but everyone loves Bray Wyatt, and it'll be fantastic to see the cell phone lights out again. All right, and that is our second show for this week. So a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling with, like we said, Clash of the Castle, All Out, and of course, you know, NXT Worlds Collide, uh, also taking place this weekend. So we will definitely be back next week to recap all of that for you and give our thoughts. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.